We have come now to the final week of our sermon series on generosity. It's um, been uh, preaching along or, or with the aid of Timothy Keller and his, um, his sermon series by the same title. And so um, you've been able to explore this in your small groups and explore um, what it looks like and what it means to be a generous people. And so what we've been trying to discern these last few weeks is, is how does God's grace transform us into a generous people? Into a generous people. And what we've, what we've begun to realize is that generosity is not confined to our finances. That's the first thing we think about, but it's, it's not confined there. It certainly includes our wealth, as we discussed last week. But it's that and so much more to be generous. And so we've realized that we can be generous in relationships, in our, in our welcoming, our hospitality of others, in our approach to, to the ministries that God has given us, in our vocations. And what we realize is that God's grace makes us givers. It makes us generous with every good gift that we have been given. And so today... We're going to look at how does God's grace make us generous with our power. With our power. Now some of you are thinking power. Like electric power? What kind of power are we talking about? Well, I'm talking about the power that we all have in this room. And some of you might be thinking, I'm not a very powerful person. And I'm telling you, if you're in this room, you've got a lot of power. You can get here. You can drive here. If you're not necessarily worried about where your next meal is coming from, if you have the power to vote in elections, you have a lot of power. And there's many more ways that you're powerful. And so we need to consider this and explore this. How can we, as powerful people, be generous with it and give it up freely and willingly and so to approach this, we're going to take a look at the story of Zacchaeus. Um, how does God's grace make Zacchaeus generous with his power? Um, so why don't you open up your Bibles. We're going to be in Luke chapter 19, uh, verses 1 to 10. It'll be really helpful if you can follow along, whether you have a Bible or, or an app on your phone, whatever you have works. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Um, we want to tackle this in three headings. Uh, first, we're going to look at uh, who Zacchaeus is, the curious tax collector. And then secondly, we're going to look at the initiating love of Jesus Christ. And then finally, we're going to look at the powerful generosity that results from this encounter. What happens when the curious tax collector meets the love of Christ? It's a powerful generosity. So let's begin. The curious tax collector, verses 1 to 4. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And so we have this man Zacchaeus, right? And he's a tax collector, his job was to go around to the houses in Israel and, and receive the tax money that was due to Rome. Now, this wasn't just your standard 10, 20, 30% tax bracket. Rome put Israel in the 80% tax bracket. 
60 to 80% of their income they could expect to be given away to this conquering empire. And Zacchaeus was their Jewish friend who sold out to the Romans to collect their money. Now, if Zacchaeus was going to make any money at all, he had to charge a little bit on top, right? And so, so he, was, he was skimming off the top in addition to giving the, the, the money to Rome. And all of a sudden, the Israelites, they don't have much left, right? And Zacchaeus was pretty good at his job because he was rich. Luke goes out of his way to say Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he was a rich one. And he was not well thought of in his community. And so Zacchaeus, the tax collector, was very interested in seeing who Jesus was. As the scripture says, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. Some might say he was a wee little man. He could not see. But have any of y'all ever been to a parade? Raise your hand, you tall people, if you've ever been to a parade and you've refused to let the kids around to see. Anybody? Don't raise your hand because, yeah, okay. I know, I know. <clears throat> Easily they could have let Zacchaeus see, but they didn't. Because he was persona non grata. He was blocked out. And so he climbed a tree. He debased himself and he climbed a tree to get a peek at Jesus. And so Jesus comes, and then what we see now is that Jesus initiates this whole thing. So you got Zacchaeus in the tree, crowds on the road, and here comes Jesus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received Jesus joyfully. And when the crowd saw it, they all grumbled, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So Jesus sees Zacchaeus, right? And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over. Come down from that tree quickly because I'm coming to your house. Now what do you do when you have guests over, right? You clean up a little bit. You make the, you know, the public places at least, you make them nice and tidy. Um, anything that you've got out, toys and, and, and things just lying around the house, you get rid of them. Maybe you don't put them up. You just go put them somewhere else where nobody's going to see them, right? You clean up. You get things ready. It's not Zacchaeus. He doesn't have time for that. Jesus says, I'm coming now. And so Zacchaeus, he might want to say, well, wait a second, Jesus, let me get myself together before you come. Let me, let me get my house in order, and then you be, will gladly come in and see me. But no, Jesus, he just comes. And Zacchaeus received him lovingly. He receives him lovingly is what the scripture tells us. Now, for Jesus to do this, this was a costly visit. This cost him much, right? Because the, the crowds are looking at him, and what are they doing? They're grumbling. Who is this man? He claims to be a man of God, and yet he eats with sinners. This was in a costly encounter that Jesus was initiating, and yet he does. Zacchaeus comes down. He meets Jesus. They go to his house. What happens? What happens? Well, what happens is powerful generosity. Look at verses 8 and 9. 
Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, today, salvation has come to this house. So what happened? You have rich tax collector Zacchaeus in a tree. He just wants to see Jesus. And then you have him at his home with Jesus. And somewhere between the tree and the house, this man's heart changed. I'll give away half of my goods to the poor. I'll restore anyone I defrauded fourfold. This is way above and beyond what he was called to do, what, what was prescribed in Jewish law. You give to the poor 10%, right? You tithe, not a dollar more, 10%. You make restitution up to 20% more than you, you stole or defrauded. Not 400%. Nobody does that. But Zacchaeus did. He was willing to give away everything because he had been compelled by the love of Christ. And so it's quite obvious that Jesus has become generous financially. But there's something under that that's a little more subtle that perhaps we need to, to dig into to see what, what's going on here. Um, and, and, and what's happening, what we realize is that as Zacchaeus gives away his money... He's giving away the one thing that gave him power. Because he doesn't have relationships with important people, right? He probably doesn't have family members that want to speak to him anymore. He doesn't have a community to speak of. The only thing that gives him power is his money. And he's giving it all away. He's becoming quite generous with his power. In those days, much like these, the reality is the more money you have, the more power you have. The more money you have, the more power you have. And that can be hard to hear, but, but it's true. You have more control, more discretion on what you spend and how you spend it. You're far less vulnerable to market swings or unemployment than those who don't have much money, than those who are, who are poor, because they don't have now as much power, right? Someone who's spending 20% of their income, of their income on living expenses, things like food and shelter, you have a lot more discretion than someone who's spending 80% of those, their income on those exact same things. And so Zacchaeus, in giving, giving away so much of his money, is giving away much power. He's becoming vulnerable and exposed for the sake of following Jesus. If Zacchaeus loses it all, who's going to give him shelter? Who's going to give him shelter? Probably not too many people. The fact of the matter is, the love of Christ is compelling this attitude in Zacchaeus. That even in his power, he would become generous. And it makes sense, right? Because Jesus had infinite power. You remember? You all know this. Jesus, the, the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, he had infinite power. The whole world was created through Jesus. And he gave it all up. Philippians says that he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held on to, a thing to, to let, not let go at any cost. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Instead, he became like one of us, a mortal man. 
who died on a cross no less. He gave up heaven that we might have life through his death. He gave up power. Jesus was generous with his power that we might know the love of God. When he looked at Zacchaeus and when he saw what Zacchaeus was doing, he said, this is a man who has been touched by the love of God. He is a faithful man, and, and I can tell because of the way he is giving away money and power. And so Jesus proclaims, today salvation has come to this house. Not because of what Zacchaeus did, mind you, because of Christ's love. But what Zacchaeus did was a response to the compelling love of Christ. Salvation has come to this house. So, two points to bring home. Uh, the first one, maybe it's a challenging point. Are you generous with your power? Are you generous with your power? Maybe you've never even thought about that. Maybe this is something that, that, that you haven't thought about. It crossed your mind in these terms. Are you generous with your power? The reality is, for many of us, it is far easier to be generous with our money, to be generous with our relationships, to be generous in our hospitality. It's far easier to do those things than it is to be generous with our power. We want to hang on to it and not let it go. I had to be generous with my power and control over the men's hike this fall. It seems a little trivial, but, but I really encouraged Father Tripp to lead the hike. But I love Tripp, but I know where the bears don't live. I had to give that up. Right. <laughs> I know how to make sure everybody survives. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I don't get an update one lunch, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what has happened? I should have been there. They had to give that up. Why? Well, so the other men could have power, and not Father Tripp, but, but the men leading the hike to let them have power and authority. I have to give something up for them to, to stand into that. And it's not easy. Now, that's a trivial thing, and that wasn't easy. But what about the hard things? Friends, are we as a community willing to give up our power for the sake of those who have none? To be honest, a lot of what's happening in our country in regards to race relations or the poor and the, the homeless, I think a lot of it boils down to power. It's not just a matter of helping but it's a matter of making space for others to thrive. And that's going to be costly for those of us who are currently thriving. It will come at our expense. Are we willing to give up power as a church? Friends, there is a lot of power tied to this geographic location. 316 West Carolina Avenue. This is an old church. It's a significant conversation. It's played a vital role in the history of Somerville. There are important people here. It's a beautiful big campus in the center of town. It's a wonderful place for our to, us to base ministries, and, and not just ministries for ourselves, but ministries for our community. Are we willing to become vulnerable for the sake of the gospel? Are we willing to give up the power and the security that are inherent in these buildings and become vulnerable 
and meet at perhaps at the whim of others in a school gymnasium? Can we do that in order to proclaim the kingdom of God? That's a giving up of power, and it's challenging. But friends, listen carefully. In God's economy, to give up power is to receive the ultimate power. To give up our worldly power, to just give it up, to, to, to be stripped of the power that this world holds over us, right? Okay, And so when we're, we're placing power and, and, and holding on to power in things like status and wealth and money, when, when we're hanging on to these things, the world has a lot of power over us. But when we let them go for the power of Christ, not even death can control us. Because we're God's people. And we have the power of God. We're willing to give up our earthly power. And then finally, and we'll wrap it up. Jesus called Zacchaeus despite the fact that he did not lack anything. And, and I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm certain that there are people who have come here this morning and you, everything's just fine. Things are going well. You, you lack nothing. You haven't thought about this whole power thing and now you're a little disturbed about it. But, but generally speaking, you know, you came in here and things were fine. You've got a beautiful house and a beautiful family and a wonderful job and everybody likes you. And there's nothing you're lacking. Zacchaeus was like that. He didn't have everybody liking him, but it didn't matter because he had a lot of money. And he climbed the tree because he just wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus called him out and said, I'm coming to your house. Friends, is Jesus calling you out this morning? Is he coming to your house? Because you might have come in here thinking you lacked nothing. And you might be realizing that you actually lack a lot. And it's my prayer that Jesus would visit you today. And that in seeing Christ, you will begin to see, like Zacchaeus, the beauty and the love that God has for us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you gave up power. That we might receive the power of God. Lord Jesus, may we be so united to you, so tied to you, so hidden in you that we would give up the power of this world for the sake of your kingdom. May we be a generous people, Lord, with all things that you've given us, especially, Lord, with our power. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.